What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Stereotherapy. I'm your host, Lisa. And of course, I've got my girl, Justine, right there with me co-hosting this thing. If you're new here, this is the show that showcases the importance of music and mental health. We invite guests on to share their own story of how music has made an impact in their lives and to share their own mental health journey in order to help end the stigma of mental health. As always, guys, if you want to help support this little show, all you have to do is give us a follow on any app you are currently listening to this and also leave us a positive rating and review. It would really just mean a lot to us and I think it helped pump us into the algorithms. I don't know. We're still trying to figure that out. Either way, it would mean a lot to Justine and I. So if you want to go ahead and do that, please do that. We love you guys. We appreciate everybody listening so much. Today in the show, we were joined by two-fifths of the band Heading North. We were joined by Mike and Asha. And let me tell you, sometimes when you come into these things, you never know, especially not meeting people, but immediately meeting Mike and Asha, I could just feel we were going to have a really good conversation, and we really did. And I'd like to think, oh, you know, I found these guys on my own. No. One of our former guests, uh, Zach of Old Neon, I saw him post about this band. I checked them out on a real really, really love them. They're from Pittsburgh, and I swear I should just end up moving there because the amount of talent and amazingness in the South Jersey, uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia area that I have found lately is amazing. But Mike and Asha were wonderful. We discussed their early days of finding music, how they cope in their own mental health journey, what we can do. They had some great ideas, their band heading north, and just had a, such a great conversation with them both. And Justine and I both, as soon as we got off, were like, we need to put this out right away. So you are listening to this right now because we wanted to do that. One thing I wanted to just say is you're going to hear some little like clickings here and there. That's Zoom. Zoom just loves to do that. If you are listening to this and you have a better way I can record guests, let me know. I am all ears. Um, I did my best to edit that out, but sometimes you'll hear little clickies. Um, it's nothing to uh, stop the conversation, so just get through it. I don't know. Zoom just hates me sometimes, but Anyways, guys, I'll have all the links below in the description, as always, where you can check out Heading North. You can go say hi to Mike and Asha. You can check out their band camp. I'll have all their links below in the description, so make sure to check that out. All right, guys, you know how it is. That spiel. I got to get through. I want to talk about these guests. (laughs) But anyways, I know you want to meet Mike and Asha. Justine and I want you to meet Mike and Asha. Here is our conversation with Mike and Asha, two-fifths of Heading North. But, and I know this is so kind of cliche to have you guys introduce yourselves, but for someone listening, just to give them that year, if you guys want to give a little introductions to yourselves or your band, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, we're two-fifths of Heading North, um, pop-punk uh, emo band from... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we started just about a year ago um, in February of 2023, um, kind of after the dissolution of another local uh, Pittsburgh band that three of the members were in. But um, yeah, since forming, uh, we've been playing a ton of shows uh, around the Pittsburgh area. Uh, we've got, gotten chances to open up for some awesome bands. Um, as you mentioned, Old Neon, uh, who've become like awesome like friends and like mentors. 
close in a way to us. Um, They're like locally. our dads. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a cool like dad. Really five cool years dads. age difference from us. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, they're they're awesome. Um, we've got to open for some touring acts like uh, Pink Shift. Oh, cool. Carly Cosgrove and uh, Keep Flying uh, within the past year um, with more to come. Um, so, yeah, we're just super excited uh, just to keep on playing locally um, and yeah, keep on sharing our music with people. And the two-fifths specifically that we are, um, the person you just heard talking is Mike. He is our irreplaceable drummer, most insane guy you'll ever see on the sticks. And I am Asha, uh, you know, a fine singer. <laughs> pretty good, pretty awesome. chill right. singer. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm here to have fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if chill is the way I would describe. I'm not. Said, <laughs> no, it's very, very chill person. Crazy but, singer. You know the one thing. The two things I've actually I noticed when I uh, there was the one reel I had saw, and I was like, I noticed your drumming, Mike, and Asha, your vocals. To me, what you guys just said is absolutely a hundred percent. I caught it, and I was like, all right, this is in my alley, and I feel like a lot of people that may listen to this in their alley too. So. Cool. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't forget the other three members. Uh, also, yeah. I mean, shout out to Aiden, Hannah, and C, uh, our two guitar players and bassists. They're also always killing it. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. And I mean, kind of a, um, something we do too, and it's, it's kind of fun to always hear everybody's different takes. But if you were to go up to someone kind of like back in the day, I guess, Warp Tour, where people would go up to you and uh, have their music and want you to hear it. Um, if you were to go up to anybody or even like say us, maybe we didn't hear it. What three words would you describe your bands before like they would put the headphones on and hear you guys for the first time? I think angsty music, one word for lovers is what I would say. Friendly pop punk. And I think like anyone, <laughs> like that needs to be on a shirt somewhere. A hundred percent needs to be yeah. like somehow my little cricket. I need to, I don't I've know. I've been working on a, a t-shirt design for that's like Pittsburgh's friendliest pop punk band. Mike said that when we were on um, uh, the local like university radio. Uh, and that that has really stuck with me because I think it's so true. We're just some friendly guys. Yeah, oh. we're just some silly Friendly, From silly billions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, silly, friendly, goofy, pop punk. I don't know if that's the most accurate. Um, yeah, I think angsty, angsty for lovers is pretty, pretty good. I like that. Maybe I'll have to put that in a little, like our little description, angsty for lovers and see what, <laughs> see what sticks. What if you can remember are those first memories of falling in love with music? Um, for me, it really starts like super, super early. Uh, my dad was a musician. Uh, so like from literally my very first memories, I can remember him playing music around the house, playing guitar, uh, especially, but he would sing and he could play like anything. So he was super inspirational. Um, but yeah, in my first like big, I don't know, kind of moment of actually wanting to play music myself was, uh, I think when I was five or six years old, um, we got like <laughs> literally like on, on demand for the first time and fuse on demand was on there. Yeah. And me and my dad were like, just going through like for the first time together watching and, this was like 2005, 2006, and literally like from the get-go, it was American Idiot and uh, Welcome to the Black Parade and 
make damn sure. And, you know, from there, um, that kind of like down the line that led to Blink and led to so many other bands, A Day to Remember, um, that we still cherish and still find an inspiration in for sure. Oh, I love that. And like, what about you, Asha? Um, mine was like so different. Um, I think that my pathway to loving music, it, it also came a lot from my parents. Um, yeah. my mom has always been like a big classic rock fan. The Wall by Pink Floyd is like our album. Mm-hmm. I knew like every lyric of every song by the time I was maybe six years old, which probably wasn't a great example to set. Definitely contributed to some something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was always a big Motown guy. And so he got me really into like the Isley Brothers and the Temptations. Um, And then as I developed my own music taste, it was a lot of like Hannah Montana. But I was always a singer. That was always something that like was very cathartic for me. I would always sing to myself. I was terrified of singing in front of other people. Mm -hmm. I remember I got a music lesson once when I was seven and I cried into my pillow in front of her for an hour because I was (laughs) so scared to sing Rockstar by Hannah Montana to her. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> I would have been scared too. Yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. I was like, who is this? Yeah. That's not my mirror. Um I, I still couldn't do that. Yeah. And that's why I'm here for you. I'm here to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot a lot of my music journey definitely was it took a very long time for me to get to like pop punk and stuff. That was when I was like in my early teen years. But before that it was just Anything that I heard that I could sing, I would be singing. Usually it was like the most annoying thing possible to irritate my family, like the Pillow Pets <laughs> commercial song or something. But oh, did like what really what kind of helped you get over that to where really hard to sing in front of someone till now? Like what what really helped you along with that? That's such a good question. And I I wish I had a better answer. I think a lot of it was just me getting older mm-hmm. and um Facing a lot of my fears, I did my like fourth grade talent show once. I sang Grenade by Bruno Mars and my principal refused to use the karaoke version. So you couldn't hear me at all because I was shaking like a leaf and singing as quietly as I could. But I think that even though that was like, even though that crashed and burned, it really helped a lot. I somewhat shamefully have a really intense theater background and that just got me on stage, even if I was shoved in the back. Um... That's like the biggest thing I can say to anyone who's like really scared of doing something that they really want to do is like, you just, you have to do it and mess up and be really bad at it for a while. Um, I still get, me and Hannah before every single show, we're like, our tummies hurt because we're always nervous. Yeah. It doesn't go away, but you just get better at dealing with the tummy. That's so similar. I know on a different level with us, even the podcast, like before we, anybody comes in, we're always like, okay, we know we're going to do, it's fine. We've been in here before, but sometimes like things go wrong in the Zoom, right? the audio, whatever, and you get that little knot in your tummy. And then once you guys popped in, it's like, okay, it's nothing. Completely different than singing. I could never do that in front of anyone the closest thing i ever did was it was the band circus survive and they did like this fan club thing and you could sing on stage yes the creature club and you could (laughs) sing on stage with the band and so they pulled you up and you got to sing on stage with them it was normally would have been a great experience i was terrified i was like there's chords up here there's everybody is staring at you how do singers how do you do that because like what if someone has like a face that's like you know, like maybe not the best face and they're kind of looking at you or arms folded. Like I could never get past that. I would just be like, okay, I'm going to like look down or do whatever I'm doing. And so I applaud 
both of you for even being in a band and getting up there in front of whoever's up there. See, when I'm on stage, I never have my glasses on, so I can't <laughs> see the people. I'm just like in the back, head banging, just kind of like in my own world. I got my in-ears in, you know, just kind of tuning everyone out. Um, I'm far up enough that the lights are just blinding me. I can't see a single person. Yeah. I point. <laughs> so maybe that's what we would have to do, Justine. If we were ever in a band, just have, you know, maybe my contacts out and then I'd be good to go. So we'd be exactly. good. Mind yourself somehow. <laughs> But I mean, I guess this kind of goes into what you were kind of talking about a little bit. But as far as music impacting in a positive way and say maybe you were in a bad mental health rut or just a tough time, was there like an artist or just music in general that really, besides Hannah Montana, of course, uh, that has gotten you through that um in any way i i mike already knows my answer to this it's my <laughs> chemical romance oh. american rock band my chemical romance yes that is like my number one obsession till the day i die and every single one of their albums but especially um three cheers in the black parade have mm -hmm. been my like at, at my lowest lows i could yeah. turn and like cry my heart out to I don't love you oh. you know during during yes. breakups and moves across the country and things like that it just it it MCR has such a powerful beautiful place in my heart to an almost pathological extent I love those four old men with all of my <laughs> being and and I really think that MCR is what got me expanding my sort of vocal horizons beyond just like show tunes which mm -hmm. thank god for that <laughs> um and it's really nice having sort of a, a stable one that you can turn to uh, yeah. an old reliable other than them also like modern baseball really mm -hmm. had like an intense hold on me for a while i think that was very good especially in my teen years you need some yeah. midwest emo angst yes oh i'm originally from the midwest so for me like hearing like i modern baseball my chem is just one of those bands that i i love to see they're still doing it too like all those years later they're still killing it and i'm jealous of anyone that goes to when we were young and gets to see them perform the black parade but i i know justine you're a big my chem fan too so i know oh yeah, yeah. as soon as they said they, they were reuniting and they were coming to chicago i immediately bought tickets and so i got to see them at riot fest mm -hmm. so yeah i also got to see the warp tour way back in the day so like yeah. it's it comes full, full circle it's like if you're an mcr lover like you're like that for life like they're 100%. my they're one of my go-to's oh yeah have that grip on you for the rest of your life oh definitely for sure and i mean mike what about you any of those artists is yeah. it mike hem too or um i would say i mean definitely mike hem at you know like consistently is like a one I'll always go back to. But for me personally, one I would say that's really like within the past couple of years been a, just a t total go-to and maybe like my favorite band of the last few years um, has been Origami Angel. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like their lyrics just really like are, I don't know, open in like a more transparent way and almost like uh, like just so almost on the nose at times uh with what he's talking about whether that be anxiety or just kind of self-deprecating thoughts or you know depressing thoughts or whatever it may be and i think just like for me like you know this this past year has kind of been like a whirlwind of like we 
kind of all recently graduated from college and kind of has just been, I don't know, a lot of ups and downs and like their music has really kind of provided a kind of safe haven or kind of like a friend almost like, you know, it's just like, oh, wow, like this guy gets it too. And like, he's singing like exactly how I feel. Um, and yeah, I think that like is just super cathartic. Just be like, oh, wow, like I can yell along to this song and there's also like sick blast beats and, you know, Midwest emo tapping and, you know, like crazy, crazy stuff going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would say got me for sure. Yeah. And there's someone I feel some people don't really know a lot about them. I feel like they're a band when I'll mention they're not too many. It, it depends if there are people that really love music like you guys. You, you'll. Oh, yeah, I know them. But some people I know, they're, they have no idea who I'm talking about. But I completely agree with them. And I think they're definitely a band like more people. So if anyone's listening, hop on that train because they're so good. And um, Zach from Old Neon actually brought them up, too. So that that's so a weird small world connection too. So that's, that's so he great. And Zach have similar tastes. That's, he's a man so, of, a uh, man of honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, legitimately. I mean, I think they're, they're a great drumming band, um, but also just a great band for when you need someone like, or when you need, like, like I said, like a friend or it's like their mm -hmm. music feels like a warm hug uh, in a lot yeah. of ways, um, but also like a really fun and exciting and all over the place hug or like, I don't know like if that makes any sense, but. No, yeah. it does. There's those bands that you have to put on. Like, I don't, my chem is one of them for me too. But like when you, there, you just need that, especially in the fall and winter, there's some mm -hmm. of those bands that you need to put on and almost be like, okay, like I'm in my winter mode with like Death Cab for Cuties, one of them for me. Like whenever it gets cold, I'm like, I need that blanket and that cup of coffee. And I know people laugh at me at that, but I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's a seasonal thing. You need those bands that give you that hug. And I love the way you both worded that. So that's, oh, I agree 100%. And I know someone else out there is too. And Justine, I'll throw it back to you. As a new up and coming band, what is probably the biggest struggle you guys face? Um, I would say, I mean, it's it's really just about like having the energy to just do every single step of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I think it really, it helps. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, you know, multiple of us have been in the bands before and like me being a drummer, like I play in uh, four bands right now in the local scene. Um, so I the definitely like the outside experience that we each kind of bring definitely um, helps, but just like having, you know, just the ability to, get to everything i'd say um you know with with just like keeping it all just completely diy we do all of our own merch we do all of our own booking um and stuff like that and we've been super like blessed and fortunate to be booked like a lot in our first year of a band we have a ton more shows coming up this year um and quite a few actually out of town as well um so like that is all super fun and awesome but the work behind the scenes that goes into that um can definitely be like a lot but it's super rewarding at the same time so it's as hard as or as stressful as it can be like waiting on you know 10 people to dm you back and hoping like one is <laughs> available <laughs> or like you know whatever like whatever it may be um you know it's it's worth it in the end because you know nothing's more fun than playing with your 
bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I would I would definitely agree. Shout out to Mike and Hannah because they definitely do a lot of the logistical aspects that I don't have the mental capacity for. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I'm the only member of the band that's never been in a band before. Um and so that honestly is probably the hardest part is like this is a completely new world to me. Um and I'm so not used to having people like looking at me like that I've always been a very boisterous person but I think that being the center of attention was an aspiration more so than like a concrete thing and having that actually happen is really foreign and kind of nerve-wracking but also really rewarding and beautiful and when people come up to me one thing about a heading north show is I say a shark fact at every show and people will come up to me and like engage with me about it after. Yeah. And that's an astonishing experience. And it's it's sort of two sides of the same coin where it's like on the one hand, you know, do not perceive me. On the other hand, wow, being perceived is so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I think is is pretty hard. But this band makes it pretty easy to be in a band, I have to say. Oh, I lo- like I have to agree. Like I think a lot of my friends that have been in bands, it's it's such a struggle. And I think now with this whole TikTok era too, right? Where now instead of just being in a band and handling all this stuff on your own, you have to now make a reel or have some kind of presence on these apps, right? And within 30 seconds or 60 seconds, grab people. How do you guys kind of deal with that too? Because I feel like now there's that big shift where it's like, if you're maybe not a big social media presence band Again, you can DIY it and do the flyers and everything, but what what do you guys think of that too, where that era where it's get on TikTok or get on, you know, and make a reel and make it pop off and maybe like, you know, a couple people, because we experienced that with the podcast where you'll make a reel and I'll make like the silliest thing that I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, okay. But does it pull anybody to the podcast? No, but they like the real. I'm, a, I'm not a content creator. So what do you guys kind of think about that too as being a new up and coming band and having to deal with that struggle? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it can be something that we, we, we like to keep definitely in the back of our minds at all times. Um, but the biggest thing for us is just to never let social media be like the driving factor for why we're making the music. Mm-hmm. And it's not, we're not ever going to be like a TikTok band. Um, if that's your thing and that works for you, like nothing but respect and like, Hey, get that, get that bag. But like yeah. at the same time, like, I don't think we're concerned with me like guess which one of us is the drummer like, <laughs> like it's me it's it's, yeah. it's you know, like like uh i don't we don't need to guess um you know but like <laughs> no, uh, i'm just kidding but like yeah i think it's it's one of those things where you know we do realize that there is on one hand you know like that is just part of being in a band like you said that mm-hmm. kind of responsibility you could call it or just that you know the, the really just it is a very beneficial marketing tool um straight up and i think it there is value in that but i think when you get so sucked into the culture and like oh i just need to get likes or followers mm-hmm. or whatever said like yeah. half of that is you know kind of just 
on the internet. Like it's just left online. Like those people aren't coming out to your show. Those people aren't really going to be streaming your stuff. They might be giving you likes and yeah. it might in the moment feel really good. But honestly, like it's, it just means so much more to us to really like intentionally build those relationships at the show or on a smaller level on social media, like, you know, reply to people's comments and, you know, make sure we're like actively engaging with people and being like Asha was saying, like as friendly as we can be, because mm -hmm. like, that's, I think really the big secret to success. Um, at least we found locally. Um, so. Sure. I think in the vein of friendliness, I think the only time that like TikToks and stuff really come to mind for us is like to be silly and goofy. I always have TikTok ideas in the back of my head, but none of them are good for like marketing. They're all just like, <laughs> I want to have fun with my friends. I think especially as someone who is so chronically online and social media addicted from age like 10, I want nothing less than to have the band be such an online thing. It feels great to get a bunch of likes and, you know, we're almost at like a thousand followers, which mm -hmm. is mind boggling to me. And I do appreciate things like that because they're real people that yeah. like, really are invested in us as a band. But I, I completely agree with everything Mike said, where I think that it's really easy to like with your personal life, get your band life really heavily involved in social media and make the end goal and like all power to people who are able to make that work. I don't think I have the mental capacity to make that work. I think that social media is such a mind drain and it, you know, it's, it's a slot machine. It's a random chances game that you're going to show up on someone's for you page mm -hmm. um, and that they're going to actually like it. And also some people are mean and I don't yeah. need to deal with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh Yeah. It's just such a maze to navigate that I think that we honestly just sort of do our thing. And if something pops off, it pops off. But if it doesn't, it's like, come see us. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> even talking about people coming to see you, uh, talk about a little bit about like your music scene. What makes it so special to you guys and that tight knit community you have? What is, if someone wants to like, all right, we're gonna go to a Heading North show, what is the kind of environment that you guys have been a part of? It's friendly. It's fr like, I. that's yeah. the number one thing is that all I want at a Heading North show is for everyone to be like, I'm hanging out with my friends right now and jamming out. Um, I, I've been very personally overwhelmed, especially again, as someone who's, I've never been part of the local music scene. I. I, I'm completely new to this whole world. I've been very like sort of blown away by how supportive people within the music scene are and how many people who don't make music themselves are so heavily involved in the music scene and are like at every show you go to and like so highly supportive. Um, I think that there's just a lot of lifting each other up. And I, I find that very, very beautiful. It definitely helps that Mike and Aiden are like in so many bands and kind mm -hmm. of have their hands all across the music scene and I've had friends everywhere we go but I think that even wasn't the case um people are just in general what I have discovered as I've gotten older is that people are in general going to be pretty nice for the most part a lot of people aren't but most yeah. people just want to be nice and happy and if there's music involved they're going to be even nicer and even happier. And you just get to meet the 
kindest, strangest people ever, which is great because we are really kind, strange people. <laughs> no, I think that was, uh, I couldn't have put that better myself. Um, we're definitely very strange and we definitely know a lot of strange people, but um, no, and I'm in a band with lots of strange people, like different bands, I guess. Yeah. But uh, no, that's, it, I totally agree with everything Asha said. I think there is just this general sense of wanting to build each other up. Um, a lot of cross genre, like friendships and, you know, compatibility. Um, like us being a pop punk band, we, definitely like love playing with bands like old neon or our friends in main street detour or uh find ethel and various other local pop punk bands but there's also um you know like we have great friends in the indie scene or in the folk punk scene or in the metal and hardcore scene um and like the kind of even like jazz and fusion and r b world as well um and just to have that kind of like like Asha said, that like wide <laughs> circle of friends, but not even just friends to us, just like in general for the city, that wide of an amount of diversity in the music um, from, like I said, everything from us to like the most brutal metal, you know, that you don't know is coming out of Pittsburgh, but it is like there, that's, it runs the gamut. And I think that's really cool. Um, and I think more recently there's been some really cool pittsburgh bands um like feeble little horse getting the city some attention like in the indie and kind of diy scene but uh yeah I, I think there's just a ton of really sweet bands coming out of pittsburgh um like across the board so well, that's uh, you know our music scenes are so important and i i feel like justine we got to write down some of these band names so we can look out for yeah. them too i'm like <laughs> special and i know the east coast in general like moving here from Illinois, like about five, six years ago, seeing like even New, New Jersey, like there's something special about the East Coast area and the music scenes. And I'm definitely like seeing that. So we, we just have builds character. Uh, yeah. Stuck inside. You got to find something to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know it. We're part of the Bottle Rocket sessions on January 4th. How was that to be included? Oh, it was so cool. It was so amazing. I, that was my first time ever going to Bottle Rocket just because it's like a bit of a ways away from me. We had played at their like um, smaller studio, Little Giant, which is also like a recording space. Um, I want to say like late summer of last year. And that was really amazing too. But to be in that main stage area was so, so cool. And the fact that they're doing these like live studio or live like audience recordings is such an amazing thing and such a fantastic opportunity for local artists. And I, I just, I like, I can't hype them up enough for that. I think it was such a wonderful opportunity to have and just such a kind and uplifting thing to do for local bands to have this sort of resource that I, I can't really think of anyone else that's doing that sort of thing. And everyone's yeah. so nice. It, it was yeah, like a hundred percent for the artist. Like it was like totally like almost like selfless of them. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of behind the scenes and like content stuff that like they're creating for all three of the bands that played and they're doing that for you know the series going forward. Um at least for us there was 
that the entire set was recorded um, through audio and then our first two songs um, are recorded via video and those will be released pretty soon I think um, not exactly sure on when they'll be coming out but uh, yeah definitely drop in on um, our Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that pretty soon. Oh. Awesome. We'll, de we'll definitely have all those links for everybody too, so they can check you guys out. And talking about your music, I feel like we're so lucky to catch you guys so early on in your journey, um, lead people your way. But you have your singles, you know, you have Polarity and Toss and Turn, which has been on repeat for me. Um, what are you guys most proud of with those releases? And what has kind of been the response so far, whether it's live or on the internet? I mean, it's been truly like, we can, like I said earlier, we we're just so blessed and like really grateful to, you know, just have been shown the support we have thus far. Um, it feels like, I don't know, kind of fast. I, I Not to overinflate that, but it just feels like more than we were expecting. Um, and that really cool um, with, especially with Polarity uh, back in December, we got um, the like kind of opportunity or chosen to uh have that song played on our local like alt rock and uh alternative station in the city uh called 105.9 the x and so they played that um like at least twice a day throughout the month of december and that ended up like towards the, by the end of the month i think the last two or three weeks it was like in the top five like most requested song like on the station like up there with like legitimate like you know like the so one, always lost by Lincoln Park was always the number. Yeah, one. But we yeah. were up there in the top. It was like <laughs> yeah. to see us like next to like you know Lincoln Park or yeah. World or Blink One Eighty Two's new stuff or like whatever it was like. It was just like holy, like that's like really surreal. Even you know it's it's even if it's just local or whatever, like that means just the world to us. Um, it's like yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know. It's super mm -hmm. cool. That's the only way to put it. Really, it's it's yeah. crazy and. Polarity especially was a very satisfying song, I think, to make. It is like my favorite song of ours. And the fact that it got the reception that it did, like, you know, mm -hmm. on the one hand was really shocking to me. But on the other hand, I was like, damn straight, damn yeah. straight. You guys mm -hmm. like that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that it was just in general a very satisfying process. Like Mike said earlier, we do everything very DIY. Mm -hmm. um, our very good friend of the band dom frankney who is um also the bassist moontown which is another band that mike is in and also is in another band that mike is in <laughs> called lysandra a lot he of cross-pollinating yeah <laughs> he did all the recording of and producing for us and it's band. very special to have such a like a friendly relationship with the person that you're doing all that work with because it makes it really easy to be like i need to do that again that sucks yeah. that was dumb mm -hmm. and and it just he's makes like, it no, like, it's chill, bro. Like, it's yeah, your exactly. Like, like, no sweat. When then you're like with an actual producer, like in the times we've been, I've had the chance to record with different people. It can be like this very high intensity, you know, kind of situation. But then we, I think we get really quality product out of a really chill and friendly dude who yeah. is also the man. And my <laughs> shout out roommate. Dom. Yeah, shout out Dom. <laughs> shout out Dom. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do, that's that's so awesome to hear too because I again like I, I don't know if it was a reel or whatever it was but it made me like go check it out and I was like I like this and I think that that's what's so exciting because I feel having the those songs out and then now 
who knows in a year from now where you guys are going to be. And I know, I mean, I don't know if I saw in a story or something, you guys are in the process of working on stuff. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm like, oh, we're going to get some stuff eventually. So I can't, I can't wait to hear what comes of it. And again, like anyone listening, just go check them out. I'll have the links. Like, Go check this out. It's so good. Uh, tools do you use to cope in your own mental health journey? Yeah, I'll go ahead. I listen i'm very transparent about this particularly at shows we have one song called two steps away that is all about me sort of like learning to not be sad all the time but then Mm -hmm. discovering that not being sad is really hard too when that's the only thing that you've known for like so much of your life um so i'm i'm very transparent about i've been you know diagnosed mentally ill for quite some time Mm -hmm. but even before that you know just I, i think that everyone has their moments and when that moment is lasting for a really long time it's very like suffocating kind of and for me singing is definitely thing that is like very useful to me um just being able to like hear my own voice and sort of like know that I'm a person that I I can change something around me even if it's just that you know the there's reverberation in my room um Another like really big coping mechanism for me is um, drawing. I do all of our like band art and stuff, but I like to do low intensity things. If there's anyone that is listening that wants low intensity art that is also very cathartic, collaging, number one. Number one, go to, you can do it with literally anything. And being able to just make something and hold it in your hands is a very tangible reminder of like, I'm a person who is capable of stuff. Um, those are definitely two big ones for me. Taking a shower. Take work changes your whole day around. Even though getting into the shower is the hardest thing in the world on most days. Those are my big three. A hundred percent. Like I, I've talked about it too on the podcast where some days and some people maybe that don't struggle will hear like, oh, how's it bad? Like, how is it hard to take a shower? Like, you know, again, I'm happy for you. Maybe you haven't experienced that. But so many of us, I mean, there's so many days I know, Justine, you're so similar to where <laughs> oh, you'll yeah. be like, oh, it's four o'clock and like, I got to try and, you know, but you're yeah, right. Okay. It turns my day around when I get in there and I'm out and I'm like, oh, I have to take up that collaging because I'm always looking for something else to do. And oh, I've yeah. never done that or thought, of, I mean, maybe when I was younger, but I never thought of doing that. So maybe that's something I need to take up, but you should. I love that you mentioned that because I've been into collaging since I was really small, <laughs> but I also sing for coping. So like, I feel that's that on a personal level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be like, Mike, what about you? What are those tools for you? Yeah. Um, I, I guess to give my own top three or big three, whatever Asha said, yeah. uh, I would say, you know, similarly to, you know, singing, like drumming for me, it's since, you know, when I started back in middle school has always been like a super cathartic release for me. Um, I've always, I don't know, been in a, the hard hitting drummers. Uh, and I think for me, just, I guess that gave me permission uh, to just whack the crap out of them and get all my frustrations and anxieties and just, you know, those whatever it may be, you know, that just those negative emotions, those negatives, uh, negative, you know, inner feelings, just getting those out um, and trying to make something that at least sounds decent, um, even if it's really loud. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, music. And I also, I just as well, like um, in 
The band, uh, Asha mentioned Moontown, I play guitar, um, and that has also been um, you know, massively cathartic in just that kind of type of musical expression, um, kind of maybe like on a more creative, um, I don't know, like just in terms of the soundscaping, I love like guitar effects and stuff like that. And playing with like a delay pedal for hours can be like a really like stimulating and just like comforting thing for me, um, as silly as that may sound, making funny noises that sound like, I don't know, washing, you know, planes and like underwater explosions and stuff like that. Um, just really like good when you're feeling down. Um, yeah, also I'd say eating food mm-hmm. um yeah i sometimes struggle with that um i've like in the past like dealt with eating disorders and stuff like that but um for me just like really just struggling you know and focusing on just getting that food <laughs> it always hits it always it always makes me feel better so mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. Oh, those are such great things i think there's really relatable and like obviously I know we were emailing back and forth, Mike, a little bit, and our podcast is about music and mental health and that um, wanting to end the stigma of mental health by having conversations like this and sharing what you guys are sharing. And I know it's something that's mental health awareness is really important to both of you. What do you think we need to do to end the stigma of mental health? And how important is that to you guys? I actually find it incredibly important. Um as Asha, you know, kind of alluded to, um, I can say, you know, and not to speak for anyone else, but I know, you know, all five of members of Heading North deal with our own, um, you know, mental health struggles and have had our own journeys uh, with mental health, um, various um, things we've all dealt with. But I can just say for myself, um, I went to school uh, and studied psychology and sociology um, and chose those majors after having a really like tough kind of um you know honestly like, you know mental breakdown or kind of uh you know major depressive episode um you know during my freshman year of college uh where my life essentially like kind of fell apart um and the band i was in at the time like i, I ended up getting kicked out of and ended up losing a bunch of friends as a result of really um you know unfortunate decisions i had made like during a really bad time uh, in my mental health. Um, and I think that just really inspired me to not only, you know, in, in at the aftermath of that, like just inspired me to just like put all of my effort into helping others because I think so many people, especially guys, um, just aren't even aware of the things that like we're dealing with mm-hmm. until our lives are falling apart or we're going crazy and we're like i don't know what to do and then you know like in a lot of cases like it leads like down really bad paths for people um and like i was very and i feel very fortunate to have kind of been like helped by you know really important people around me um to kind of reset myself on a better path um and i'm working uh, i'm currently working as a social worker and you know really i'm like passionate about um you know just helping others in any way i can um but i think you know with music kind of with that i think music in the sense helped me through all of that and through everything, you know, past, present, and future, um, I think in being being able to create music that expresses these real feelings and expresses 
um, and is a catharsis of these, you know, really deep and like, I don't know, just struggling, you know, like deep things mm-hmm. you, we, we all struggle with. Um, you know, I think it just really like we found like I think connects with people uh, in a really cool way. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I love that you shared that too about men's mm-hmm. mental health, because that's something we've talked a lot about too, that it, it's overlooked. It's always like, oh, uh, you know, whether it's as simple as, oh, don't show your emotions or just, you know, suck it up. And I think it's so great when people like yourself share that and what you've struggled with, that maybe someone else out there is going to hear that and say, oh, like maybe it's okay. And um, a couple of years ago, my fiance went through a really bad work-related accident, completely changed his life. I mean, he lost fingers on one hand, multiple burns. He was a electric lineman. So going through that and where he didn't have any mental health struggles, you know, I, I suffer from anxiety and depression, um, but it was all new to him. And so many people we learned around us don't understand men's mental health. So it's such a, that's a stigma in itself, you know, like mental health already. But so I, we both appreciate you for sharing that because, and I love that you want to help people because that's why we do this too. And we hope that someone listening is just feels less alone and so appreciate you sharing that and feeling comfortable with sharing that with us and everybody listening. So it, I, I hope it changes in the future and we have more progress made in those terms. But I know, what about you, Asha? Yeah, um, very similarly in terms of like, I also had a sort of breakdown my freshman year of college. Mine was the opposite direction. I have like bipolar runs in my family and I had my first hypomanic break my freshman year of college. And I had wanted to pursue like uh, medical psychology, like psychiatry and stuff. But after that, I sort of just landed on straight up psychology because I was like, I I don't really want to have to wait that long (laughs) to have to help people and get into it. Um, To talk about stigma, like you had like you had mentioned, I've always been, I guess, to a fault, very open about my my mental health issues, definitely to an extent that was probably a little bit uncomfortable for people at times. But I'm someone who has grown up around and personally experienced very stigmatized mental health disorders. I have obsessive compulsive disorder, which is like so unbelievably stigmatized and un- yes. misunderstood. I have bipolar. Um, you know, my my brother is autistic and like I, I grew up in a family that was a lot more aware of autism than a lot of people were and so I think that I've been very particularly keenly aware of mental health stigma and very blessed to just enough lack of social awareness for me to talk way too much about my mental health struggles and I remember specifically one time in high school one of my friends messaged me on Instagram because I was sharing about um, a suicide attempt of mine and she messaged me and we didn't even really talk that much in real life but she said like I really appreciate how open you are about your mental health struggles and it was such a small thing but it like it made made me like break down crying because it just really solidified to me that like almost everybody that I know has had at least one horrible day that's like everyone has hit their lowest at some point yeah. And I think that when we don't talk about mental health, it's so extremely isolating. 
And it's also very isolating to only hear about the worst case scenarios, to only hear, you know, people that are, have been in therapy since they were a kid and stuff. I, I think that every single person on the planet could use mental health support and understanding and being secure in the fact that like it's okay for your worst day to not seem as bad as someone else's worst day because it's still your worst you've still never seen a day worse than that and i think that a lot of the stigma for mental illness comes one from just not understanding it but also from comparisons between yourself and another person when you know all of our brains the structure's the same but like it the way that they work is so different everyone has their own I mean somewhat obvious to say that everyone has their own struggles but I think that it can also escape us sometimes that um every single person could use a consensual hug and uh like someone just telling them like hey it's okay for you to be feeling however type of way you're feeling it you don't have to be not to not to liken to my own lyrics, but I have one lyric in the song Two Steps Away that goes like, um, how does it go? I'm still missing pieces. No one's happy all the time. And that, I think, is something that like I try to sort of remind myself of a lot. And I try to remind my friends of a lot because um, one of the consequences of stigma is that people don't understand that like uh, recovery is not linear. And, you know, it, it's okay to have those days that just feel like a crushing weight on your chest. Because even once you stop drowning, you still get hit with the waves sometimes. And they can feel a lot worse when you aren't used to drowning anymore. Um, and I think that all of that is just, it's the best way to break mental health stigma is to just talk about it. It's uncomfortable and, you know, within people's limits and stuff. But just asking your friends, especially your male friends like mm -hmm. in male mental health stigma is so intense and like breaks my heart to see and just asking your friends like hey are you good and if they're not taking that and like even if it means just you know sitting with them about it oh, you guys both have said so many like <laughs> i can't wait to clip this and be like listen to this episode because just this part because it's so true like I, especially uh, i have a friend who has obsessive compulsive disorder. And I always irks me because immediately some people and it's a me thing that where people will be like, Oh, I, I like my drawer a certain way. And I'm just like, if you only knew what people really deal with. And again, like it just, it just told me we have a long way to go. Yeah. Because and again, it just is what's whether it's in a TV show, or it's in uh, an article, people think it's that. And I think it's like you said, like asking people, how are you? Are you good? Like that's one of the things with my fiance and his struggles with his um and his mental health diagnosis that he was with anxiety, depression, um, and all of that and learning these things. It was a people around him weren't asking those things. And he just felt like he had to do it all on his own. And I just hope again, anyone listening, like check on your friends. Like if you take anything from this, just check on people. Cause I think Oh, I, again, I can't wait to clip. I know people are like, oh, you say that all the time, but so many people say amazing things and you guys have just painted this so perfect. I know, Justine, you, I can see you. You're like, yes, yes. So we, we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. You guys are saying such great things, very relatable, and it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know 
Justine, I know I'm going to jump around, but it kind of just goes into what we're talking about. Uh, so I guess we're in the year 2024, which is crazy to believe we're in this new year. Uh, what would you like to see happen? I mean, I know accessibility is like number one, right? Um, but what would you like to see happen in the terms of mental health? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit with men's mental health, um, but is there anything else you hope to see to help end the stigma a little bit in mental health conversations? It's so it's so hard because you've said the number one thing for me, which is accessibility. Right. It's yeah. like it hurts me so much that so many people I know don't have access to yeah. therapy. And that once you get a therapist, it can be really hard to if you like don't like them. Yes. Not everyone meshes together. I think I think one of the biggest things that I would like to see is just more openness about mental health. I think that it's really difficult especially for people like friends of mine who have like psychosis and things like that like really highly stigmatized mental illnesses that are so much more common than people think they are um it's it's extremely isolating and i think that especially you know over the past few years with the pandemic it's been even more isolating for a lot of people and i just i hope to see a lot more compassion which is you know such a vague thing that i think mm -hmm. most people can agree with but yeah. it's it goes a really long way just to have someone to be able to explain the way that you're feeling to someone and to have them just be like, oh, I, I never knew about that. Or, you know, to, to, to share about themselves. I think that that's a really small act, but it's it's also a very impactful one that can be really helpful, especially for people who don't have access to like formal therapy. I don't think everyone necessarily needs formal therapy, but I think that being able to just have pals to talk to openly and not fear retaliation is sort of therapeutic in and of itself. <laughs> it's like, oh, again, but uh, <laughs> like, I, I just am loving this. But uh, and for what about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, I would say I totally agree with Asha. Um, I think you know, we definitely need more of that. But um, I would say for me personally, I just I would love to see a kind of shift in, I guess, the perception of mental health as far as that like the explanation as to why we're feeling why we're feeling like i kind of feel like it's it can be so easy to almost over exaggerate or just like explain away um you know why you're feeling some way it's like oh it's anxiety oh it's you know adhd oh it's this that or the other right but it's I think that can also like, and it has for me at many times throughout my life, like led to a lot of confusion, like, oh, like, do I have this? Like almost like even self wanting to self-diagnose, you know, which I think, um, in, at least in my opinion, is really like generally harmful for people because um, there's such a spectrum of, you know, things with you know, and symptoms with amongst different um, mental health, you know, conditions and stuff. but. Um, I just want, you know, I, I would love to see a shift away from like just explaining, but just the, having empathy for where people are um, at, at the given time and to be able to, you know, whether it's talking them through it or just being there and being like a present um, caring force in someone's life through like whatever the, like they, their mental health struggles may be. Um, I think we need more of than rather than just trying to explain it away and almost like dumbing it down or minimizing the person at the center of it and um you know just like seeing the symptoms or and whatever you know like that 
I just feel like that really just minimizes who people really are and because yeah. people are more than you know what they're going through or they're more than their mental health um so sort of like demedicalizing to some extent because it is it, i totally get that where it's like if you just have like a laundry list of random acronyms it's like there, there's the, there's a person underneath all of that and there's a there's like core aspects of like their lives that are beyond like the scope of just a, a list of symptoms and stuff mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and i think for me like it, it can be so easy to feel you know almost like a guilt or a shame when i'm in those low places and i think it can be so easy to just associate you know with like oh you know i hate that i'm depressed or i hate that i'm anxious or i hate you know this and then like that turns into almost like a self-hatred just furthering this like depression cycle where i feel like rather than like hating the depression or the fact mm -hmm. that I have depression or the fact that I struggle with anxiety or whatever it may be just like hating how I feel in the moment but like allowing myself the room to like not hate myself and not get mad at myself for the way I'm feeling oh. because I can't really always control that <laughs> that's so important I think I I don't know about you Justine but I need to hear that because there's some days yeah. where you know, having anxiety and sometimes like little things will trigger it. Maybe the parking lot is a certain way. And it sounds so silly to someone else, but people will understand that where sometimes I'm just like, oh, I wish I was just normal. Why can't I just be normal? And this is not a big deal. I can drive to this place or I can do this. I can approach certain things that maybe I wouldn't because of my anxiety um, and, and without medication or this and that. Why can't I just do this? So I think it's so important to say that, that you know what, like you, you're more than those things and just maybe hate that moment. But just say, I, I try to always say like, oh, it's my little superpower where it's like in a weird way and kind of be like, okay, it's a positive thing, but it's hard because I think other people need to hear that. And especially me, a hundred percent, when you said that, I was like, yeah, that, that was me the other day saying like, why can't I just be normal? <laughs> and that I shouldn't be saying that about myself or no one should, you know, we're all who we are in, in some weird way those things make us who we are, you know, and trying to find the positive in there. No, for sure. And, and again, I just, I just really quickly like clarify, I don't want to say, you know, like in terms of like the demedicalization of the terms or whatever, that's not to say that, you know, seeking medical treatment is like a please, like, you know, if that's, yeah. if that's something you feel like you need for yourself, like, you know, I encourage anyone to, take those necessary steps, you know, because I know, like, for me personally, like, medication has been a, you know, major, you know, uh, beneficial, you know, um, factor in my, you know, journey with mental health. And, you know, so like, I don't want to dissuade people or feel like make it seem like I'm discouraging that in any way. Um, but just not to internalize those names or those like characteristics that you might feel. Yeah. Oh. Is something you guys want to see for heading north this year? Anything that you're looking to accomplish this year or anything like that? Big things. Uh, <laughs> nothing but big, you know, big things on the way. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no. I, in all seriousness, um, we have an EP that we're currently in the process of recording. Um, 
We're working again with our friend Dom, um, who worked on Toss, Turn, and Polarity. And uh, currently we're, we have four more songs, um, along with remastered and remixed um, versions of Toss, Turn, and Polarity that will be coming out on that EP, um, hopefully before summer. Um, don't want to say a release date quite yet, yeah. but uh, yeah, definitely uh, soon, uh, as soon as we can. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're playing as often and as much as we can. Um, we're currently planning uh, two weekenders out of Pittsburgh, um, the first at the end of February and early March. Uh, we're hit hitting Buffalo and Cleveland, um, and then in April we're hitting um, dc and philly and so we just couldn't be more excited to just you know get out just spread our music with more people uh spread shark facts with more people uh and just the uh, good vibes you know i think that we like to bring uh yeah how about i don't know about asha but i know about asha um i mean <laughs> you know aside from the the things that we have like actually planned shows ep being awesome I I just want to spend time with my friends and have like a really good time and I want to write more music because I have never been able to do more than just sit in my room with my own little words and it's so wonderful having so many people that know so much more than I do about music <laughs> to do the rest of it. Um yeah, big things coming. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. And I guess if anyone's listening to this, we'll have obviously the links, but if they want to listen, um, where can they find you guys, whether it's on Instagram, find your music. Um, if you just want to give a place where everyone can find you, if they're more of like a listener instead of like a reader of the link. Yeah, sure. We're, uh, we're on all socials at heading North PGH. Um, it's just all one word. Uh, and you can find us on all streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Pandora, uh, Amazon Music, SoundCloud. We we got older family who made sure we put it on Pandora and Amazon Music. So we got on Bandcamp if you want to give us a dollar. We're on Bandcamp if you're young and cool. Uh, We're on SoundCloud if you want to listen to us for free. Uh, We're on YouTube. I don't know. All this stuff. Perfect. So everybody is going to head after listening to this, you're going to head to these links. I know you are, but head north to the links. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to, maybe I'll put that, I'll somehow mix that in, but thank you guys so much for taking the time with us today. I'm like, I always try to say like, oh, I want to keep it like an hour. I want to value everyone's time. And I think we did it. So we will take that. Um, but thank you so much for taking time for us. And I can't wait for this to come out and check you guys out more. And you guys said again, so many amazing things. And I know it's gonna help someone feel less alone and we appreciate it. And all right guys, that was our conversation with Mike and Asha from Heading North. Again, we truly love this conversation. It was such a great conversation. So much to tap into mental health and men's mental health and just how we can cope as people and what we can do with those around us. And just music-wise, just everything. It was such a great conversation, and we can't thank Mike and Asha enough. And I'm really glad I reached out to them to come on our show. As always, guys, please support these bands if you would like to. Give them a like, follow, check out their links, because that's what it's also kind of about, too. You know, anytime I see something that I want to push people's way, um, 
and they're just great people so give them a like follow all that good stuff check out those links as for justine and i we will see you next week and we're gonna have a special cool episode to kind of break up some of these interviews although we are so excited to have so many people interested in this podcast we have some episodes coming up to celebrate 20 year records records turning 20 years and i'm so excited to share some of those so we will see that next week but the conversations are not stopping we're having so much and uh, it's just as wild. But anyways, we will see you guys bright and early next Tuesday. All right. Bye, guys.